The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. Major breaking news from earlier today. The band Slayer is back. Whoa. After nearly five years off, after a a, a farewell tour. Oh, imagine that. They've decided because, you know, it is rock and roll slash heavy metal. Never say never. Never. When 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 there's a particular amount of zeros after the dollar sign. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of feel like coming back afterwards. Uh, You mean kind of like how in the news at the top we heard the discussion of the Eagles and Hotel California and how Don Henley may actually testify in that case because the lyrics were stolen and that's what this whole thing's about. That he may testify in the case when he comes off tour with the Eagles. I didn't even know they were on tour. They're on tour. They were just in Omaha. Like a week ago, and oh, it's like with Steely know, Dan. Wow! Can can we can we please put that to bed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the Steely knives, dude. Okay, you think it had anything to do with? Did you see Slayer had that one off on Jimmy Kimmel? Like yes, the rain played blood. rain and blood. Yeah, you think this that had any kickstart to to the, like it maybe like no because that was like five or six years was ago. it five? It's years already ago? been that oh long. Yeah, I'm pretty God. sure it has. Dude, my mind's blown. Wow. Okay. But they're back. They're back. They're gonna better play than ever. A few festivals. I'm sure they'll go on tour. So if you've never heard "Angel of Death," "Rain and Blood," "South of Heaven," which has played at Bill Steiner Family Stadium during a game, yeah, uh, "Seasons in the Abyss," um, "Repentless." That's a good one. That's a newer uh, song. Um, "Black Magic" uh, from the Show No Mercy album. Uh, "Disciple." Uh, I'm can't think of any more, but. If you uh, if you want to hear those songs live, this might be your chance coming up here very soon. <laughs> Owen, I'm sure Owen's a big metal Troy. fan. Yeah, Troy, yeah, Troy loves the Slayer. Troy's still waiting for that four non blondes reunion. <laughs> I know four thirty in the AM on the way to the station. That's what he's blasting on the way. I, I, I'm I'm at least glad he went with that. I was waiting for it to be Crash Test Dummies, honestly. So there's oh, <laughs> more bands that are known for one song. Oh. One syllable. <laughs> well, the four nine blondes they broke up because didn't the the singer not like the music? She thought it was bad. Like they were yeah. making bad music, so yeah. they're like, "Well, it's just <laughs> we're done. We're done. This, we're out. This kind of sucks. <laughs> Peace. See ya. This is it for us." Hey, uh, it's not you guys, and it's not all the drugs we do. Uh, the music just blows. I'm <laughs> gonna, gonna get out of here. So bye. It's not the blow, it's the music. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. We're not, we're, we, we just make horrible music together. <laughs> Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. A busy show today. We're with you full for uh, the full two hours. Got a couple of Royals stories. Kansas City Royals in the news today. Uh-oh. Uh, one about uniforms and the other is about a legend calling in a career. That was big news today. Plus, uh, the K-State Wildcats, Kansas State University Athletics has finalized its apparel extension with Nike. 
Kellis Robinette did a, a fantastic article on that earlier today on the Wichita Eagle, and we'll give you some of those details coming up here in about 440. Uh, ask us anything coming up in hour number two. I'm going to bounce actually after the first segment of the second hour, but in that second uh, hour first segment, we'll talk K-State women's basketball because they have a huge game tonight against a top 25, number two to be, 22 to be exact. West Virginia is in town. Give you some keys to that game. Plus, the big question, does Aoka Lee play tonight? She was day-to-day. Gosh, what was that, four days ago, day-to-day? Is she going to play tonight? You know, maybe I know the answer. Oh. Maybe I know the answer. That's coming up at 510. Okay. Guys, it's Wednesday. And you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from Tulsa, Oklahoma. As we are now a week and a half away from Sting's last match, guys. Sting's last match coming up at AEW Revolution from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, where K-State Hoops this past season played in the NCAA tournament first and second rounds and won games against Montana State and Kentucky. It's it's just crazy to think that Sting's first ever match was a, a radio only. I mean, that's just this is crazy. Was that a joke? Yeah, you know, let's workshop that. There yeah, may, there's, yeah, some, there's yeah, probably something it, there. Let's set it back. You got a week and a half to figure yeah, that yeah, one out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me let me play around with that a little bit. The delivery was just a little clunky. Typically on Wednesdays, we are joined by Derek Young or Mason Voth from Case Stand Online. I wanted to shake things up a little bit. For the next two segments, there is no longer one DG on the show. What? Oh. David G is not the only DG now on the show, as we now bring in Drew Galloway. Boo! Oh, yay, yay, yay. From K-State <laughs> Online, who is sharp as a tack. Yes. We're going to talk K-State football and basketball with Drew for the next few moments. Drew, welcome to the show. Let's open up by talking a little bit of K-State hoops. First of all, I want to actually get your reaction to the Moody Center. I have not been there. You drove down with D.Y., on Saturday to uh, watch K-State unfortunately fall by six points, 62-56. But it's a unique arena because it's one level, but also like up on the roof, they project everything up there. Are you a fan of the Moody Center layout? I, I was a big fan of the Moody Center, actually. Like I, I went to the game not really knowing what to expect. I knew that it was super new. But as soon as I walked in, I was like, holy cow, like this is probably the best basketball arena that I've been to. I mean, it's not really a high bar for me, but like it was so modern and unique. Even on the outside, I was like, wow, OK, this this is where it is. And it, it it's interesting because it's so nice, but Texas just doesn't really care about basketball. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Well, I mean, I remember talking to my good friend Anwar Richardson from OrangeBloods.com, and in, you know, when Texas was doing all the all the changes to DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, they were always known as the Wine and Tr- Cheese Crew. But when they started doing the renovations and started to close it close it up a little bit, it got louder and it really added to the environment. Like it wasn't like Texas was quiet the whole time; they were making noise. It's just like the stadium wasn't holding it or whatever. But you're still saying that uh, Texas basketball still doesn't have much of an environment? Yeah, Texas is still a little bit of a wine and cheese crowd, but I mean, some of it has to do with how they're playing this year and how K-State was playing. So, But it, it wasn't overly impressive. The The students have a ton of seating there, and it never really got like crazy loud or even like moderately loud, I don't think. 
I, I watching on TV, yeah, it didn't ever seem like it, it got loud and um, even ESPN didn't put a whole lot of effort in trying to make it sound loud. It just wasn't that kind of environment. Um, was K-State was K-State good enough to stay in the game or was Texas bad enough to keep K-State in the game? I, I would say that K-State was good enough to stay in the game because playing defense is hard work and K-State was playing great defense. They had a lot of energy on that side of the floor. The The issue was just that the, the shot making again was just lacking. So I, I would say that K-State played well enough to win at, at, at the end. Texas was honestly probably bad enough that K-State should have won because I posted it as soon as it was happening. Like Texas was just daring K-State to try and win the game and K-State kept saying no thanks. Was K-State, and this is actually, this has probably been a, a criticism of K-State over the last, maybe it's been more than, maybe it's been all season, you know, and I'm talking about turnovers. But would you say K-State has struggled with valuing the basketball? I think Cam Carter's been the biggest criticism, criticism of that. Is Has that been a big struggle of K-State's turnovers of not valuing the basketball enough? I, I think it's a combination of not valuing the ball enough and also, I think that this team just kind of lacks focus at times where you'll have moments where just catching the ball sometimes is really hard for this team. And that's what Jerome Tink talked about after the Texas game. He said, like, or, uh, I think it was D.Y. actually that asked, like, what can you do to make this offense improve? And he said just doing the simple things like catching the ball and making the correct pass. So sometimes I think that it's just a lack of focus and you can see that there are times where they get really sped up when it doesn't really call for it or if they really think that they need a basket or the crowd is getting really into the game either at home or on the road, you can see where guys tend to force the issue and that's where I think a lot of the turnovers come from too. Love to know your opinion on somebody who I thought has been playing well lately and that's David Gasson. Have you been yes. a fan of how well David Gasson has been playing lately? Yeah, David Gasson has played really, really well lately. Probably the best of his K-State career. It, there, were a, there was a stretch during the non-conference last year where he was really good, but the competition level wasn't there. But these last few games, the competition level is as good as it is in the nation, and he is playing really, really well right now. He, he knows where to be and in the correct spots. He's finishing around the basket. The one real complaint that you have with him still is that getting to the when he gets to the free throw line, it can be kind of shaky. But you got to respect the the hustle and effort that he's played with the last few weeks, because we got to see him uh, in post game after the Texas game, and he can barely walk right now, and he's playing that well because that that's just where his knee is at. If I would have told you at the beginning of Big 12 play that through these 13 games, David Gasson would only have five turnovers in Big 12 play, would you believe me? I think so because he never really gets into a situation where he is in trouble. There are times where he can be a little out of control, but I, I always think that it's controlled chaos when David Gasson has the ball, where sometimes there, there are Issue, there are issues with other players where I don't really know if they know what they want to do with the ball. 
been it's a, very impressed by it. Also, I mean, there was a going back to the BYU game. I thought he had a really good finish and transition. And I like that he at least tries to move the ball with the ball on the dribble a little bit to try to open something up on offense. I've loved David Gasson's effort really these last handful of games. You're right, the the one bugaboo is the free throw shooting. He was 2-7 of seven against Texas. He was perfect, though, against TCU uh, and BYU, the two previous losses for K-State as the Cats have lost seven of the last eight. Uh, we're with Drew Galloway from K-State Online. One more question, then we'll take a break. And that's focused on Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, the criticism has obviously been his three-point shooting hasn't been here all season long for the most part. He has had some good nights, but it just hasn't been nearly as consistent as it was at North Texas. But when it comes to the team's struggles, and I hate to use the word blame, but how much would you actually put that on Tyler Perry? I don't think that I'd put a lot of blame on Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. K-State is just a really easy team to guard right now because – the only real shooters that, that you have to worry about that are consistently on the floor are Cam Carter, Tyler Perry, and Arthur Kaluma. And you saw that even with K-State when they played Texas, when Texas had only three guys that could extend the floor. It, it gets a lot easier to guard someone if you only have a couple threats out there that can shoot. And then with Perry, the other downfall that's just made K-State easy to guard is that he's the only player that is on the ball for 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes a game because K-State doesn't really have anybody else that they can trust to be the point guard and lead the team. So it, it's just hard for him because being on the ball that much and especially only being 5'10", 5'11", when there's no real threat besides him to shoot outside of two other guys who aren't really trusted to be on the ball all the time can be hard. And I think it's just weird. It's just weared him down all season. I'm proud of TP for his work. I know his three point shooting hasn't been there really this season, but he has adjusted his game. He's trying to get to the hoop more. And that was actually an area where he struggled early on and that has been adjusted. And now he's getting finishes at the hoop and, and drawing in ones and getting to the free throw line. And TP has still found ways to score the basketball. Drew Galloway is our guest from Case Down Line. Drew will take our break, and when we come back, we will switch our direction to K-State recruiting, specifically with football, because on Monday, the Cats got its first commit for the 2025 class. We'll discuss with Drew when we come back on the game. I don't know this one. Oh, my God. Still tipping on fofos, wrapped in fofos. Oh, Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Oh, this one's over Catch my head. I'm sorry. With the paint dripping. Yeah, that's Turn your neck and your dame missing. That's what Steven was coming in. He's like, I got some, I got some beds in here now. Finally, some this is a big Steve bed. No, this is a me bed. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a me it's a bed. Pick. Yeah. He's just putting it in there for me. Oh, look out! We're back right. on the. <laughs> We're back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. I about stopped the show. That's Big Steve, dude. This isn't bad. This is good. It's a great bed. Yeah. It's a great beat. Hip-hop classic. Did you have Big Steve put some AEW stuff in there? I haven't gotten him to do any yet. I've got to go through and pick some out. If you got suggestions. I actually did pick some out. I just need to get them in there. There are some bangers. I uh, The Bushwhackers and the <laughs> Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. <laughs> 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 Oh, yeah, that's actually a banger as well. Good one. 
Uh, back with uh, Drew Galloway from K-State Online as we now uh, transition to uh, some K-State football recruiting. First of all, Drew, before we uh, talk some more cats here, you just heard that bed coming back in. Did you have a clue of who that was? Yeah, I had no idea who that was. Oh! At least I have somebody on my side. And I'm a, <laughs> yeah, and I'm a music guy. That is just uh is that a newer like what year oh, are we talking? 2004. Uh, yeah. I was more of a uh, bone crusher kid at the time. Yeah, still good. I, I, I was six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> I was also six. I just I just like to pay attention to the classics every once in a while. The classics. Yeah, Drew. Wow. Wait, so oh, versus Drew. Your parents let you listen to Ugh. Mike Jones when you were six? No, not back in the day, but like yeah. you get around like 2010. Into playing like some some racing video games and it's in oh, there and I'm like, yeah. listen, there we go. This is it. You're like, what? Yeah. I wonder what that is. You know, <laughs> I'm playing it. Oh. Listen all the way to school. <laughs> if it wasn't for those NCAA football games, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have known all the band, the you know, the fight songs around college football. Exactly. And if it wasn't for Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, oh. really introduced me to some new metal. Oof. Same thing with WWE video games growing yeah. up, like. WWE pay-per-views used to be a big launch pad for like bands like Saliva and Click Click Boom. Oh. Like the reason they took off was because of a WWE pay-per-view. Thanks a lot WWE. Yeah, thanks a lot for Thank you. a good run in the so much. late 90s early 2000s. Oh. Uh, all right, Drew, let's go to uh K-State football. Let's open up the discussion about uh the quarterback that committed on Monday out of St. Louis, Missouri, Dylan Duff. 6-1 kid. I guess, what do you know about this recruitment? Because it, it, it seems like it was all done in a quick amount of time. And I'm also like, how did Mizzou not get this kid? What, what do you know about what happened there? Yeah, it was it was exactly that. It was a very quick recruitment. Matt Wells has been on the job for six weeks, zeroed in on Dylan Duff. And uh, Wells, along with Chris Kleiman and uh, wide receivers coach Matthew Middleton, all of went out to St. Louis to watch Duff's throw and he got the offer then. And pretty much from when K-State offered, uh, Duff really reciprocated the interest and really liked how interested Wells was in him and how Kleiman was very, was so interested in, in him as well. So he got the offer and then visited K-State like five days later. And then he visited like the first weekend of February, and here we are a couple a couple weeks after that. He's already committed and in the fold. Well, he's got the build like a uh, like an Avery Johnson. He's not exactly a a Barnett type of build. Barnett's a big dude. Uh, Dylan yes. Duff is six one, and he's under two hundred pounds. Is his style like an Avery Johnson's? I, I would actually say his style is probably more like Blake Barnett, mm. even though he's not as big. He's probably more of a runner than a thrower at this stage, but he can still make all the throws. Uh, the thing that really popped to me was actually was, it was his first uh, play on his highlight tape. He makes a pretty acrobatic throw off off balance on the run. He can really make all the throws. He has a pretty easy throwing motion. With easy arm strength, he can put the ball in the right spot. This is also his first year starting in high school, so oh. you'll probably see him take a jump even next year at, at this time. I mean, is the table set for now a – I mean, this obviously is extremely hard to predict something like this when you're talking two or three years down the road, but when Avery Johnson decides to go on from K-State, 
I mean, do we see ourselves into quite an uh, inexperienced and young quarterback battle between Blake Barnett and Dylan Duff someday? Yeah, it could easily happen. It's it's so hard to predict, especially with quarterbacks, what will end up happening there. But I think that's why a quarterback in this class, a quarterback in every class is really important, but especially in this class because you have Avery Johnson already and you have Blake Barnett already. You need somebody else to kind of get you where you want to go. So I, I'm really impressed. And again, like I said at the beginning, the amount of time that Matt Wells has been on the job to get this done is extremely impressive because he was playing from behind the eight ball because when Colin Klein left, K-State had only offered two quarterbacks um, in the 2025 class. And after Klein left, there wasn't as much connection with uh, Alex Mansky from Iowa, who ends up going to Iowa State. So then K-State really had to set their target and they found Dylan Duff and Duff was the only uh, 2025 quarterback that uh, Matt Wells offered. So it was really mm-hmm. squared in on him and got the job done. Well, were you there when, how long was this, three or four weeks ago when Matt Wells along with Connor Riley like had their first press conference at Veneer at, with their new job status? Were you there at that press conference? Uh, I wasn't at that one, but I watched the video, and it it showed how sharp that Wells is and the energy that he has. I mean, the people that we've talked to have said that Matt Wells has hit the ground running and has a ton of energy right now, and I think that you could see that on the recruiting trail because he was really active on social media when he was taking tours of schools and meeting prospects then. So I'm not surprised with how he has started his uh, job at K-State. Well, I asked that question because after the press conference, he, he kind of hung around afterwards and like spent 10, 15 minutes with us media just telling some stories, talking about old Texas Tech versus K-State games. And I, I learned from him in those conversations about how f- you mentioned his energy and, a, and he's a ball of energy. It's very positive, fun energy that he brought yes. to that conversation. He's a great storyteller, and it took just a few minutes to feel like you're talking to an old friend, tell old stories for what felt like it. you could easily sit there for two hours. So I'm sure you agree, Drew, that I'm sure these young kids can really, really be sucked in by his emotions and by his uh, and the way he just kind of relates to people and can tell stories and be a fun person. Yeah, he just seems to have an aura around him, and the thing that has been said uh, that by uh, people, and I mean, Avery Johnson even said it, and I imagine that this is something that K-State is using, is that it's it's not very often where you have a quarterback slash co-offensive coordinator that was a head coach before. So Matt Wells knows everything that's going on and can, knows how to run a program and has put a quarterback in the NFL so it's it's fun to see that because it's something that it's very unique and it's something that K-State has never had. All right, Drew, to wrap up, it's great to see K-State get their first commit for 2025, obviously still looking to build that recruiting class with a lot of action, of course, going on in these last few weeks. Anything else we need to know about K-State recruiting and uh, maybe some recruits on the horizon that uh, maybe we should be paying attention to. What should we know right now about K-State football recruiting? Uh, So the number one 
target to know is uh, Goodland tight end Lincoln Cure. I mean, I, I feel like he's the name that constantly gets brought up. He's top 40 in the country in the on three industry ranking. Has been really heavily interested in K-State since K-State offered. Um, K-State was the first team to offer and was the first school to really recruit him. So he's valued that. K-State sent their entire offensive staff, plus Chris Kleiman and Taylor Bratt there in January to Goodland to meet up with Cure and talk to him. And K-State was at Cure's high school as much as humanly possible with the NCAA rules during that the contact period. So he's, he's the one that you really need to know. Uh, I'm not sure what a commitment timeline looks like for him, but K-State has been putting their best foot forward and has, has honestly been leading or at least in the top since they offered. So that that's definitely one that you need to know. Good stuff. Drew, I thank you for your time. Have you done many of these interviews lately? Uh, actually, no, that I've, this is my second radio interview ever. So I, I feel like I feel like we're doing OK. Yeah, I thought you did a solid job. I think the crew here agrees. And this is not going to be the first time we the, the or the last time rather that which we have you on here, Drew. So we'll wrap it up right. here. Really appreciate your time. And we'll be talking to you. Uh, we'll see you Saturday. But here on the show, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. It's Drew Galloway from KSL line. The, the kid did pretty good. He did good. The second time around, he needs to step up his hip hop game. I'll tell you that much. Well, I, I I'm in the same boat. Sounds like I need to as well. Maybe on Saturday you guys could pregame before the game, listen Maybe to some hip hop. Put a put together a Spotify playlist or something. Have Owen do it. I'll no, get my, don't you do it? Yeah, I'll get my jam CD out of the car. For yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> get the old Walkman out of the uh, uh-huh. out of the treasure chest. It's in my closet. Oof. The old Walkman. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't a Walkman brand. It was something else. But it was like one you could get at Walmart out of a bin for twenty bucks. Yeah, because a Walkman. Those were super expensive, man. I mean, those were like, damn, what'd your parents do? Own Microsoft? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. A Walkman? <laughs> Dude, for real. Oh, man. Uh, once again, I want to thank Drew Galloway for stepping in for DY this week and uh, coming on representing K-State Online. Let's, uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, um, some really cool news. Great article earlier today by Kellis Robinette from the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. As K-State has uh, officially finalized its apparel extension with Nike. And there's some inter- interesting details um, on that deal with Nike. As in, uh, if you don't want to buy something from Nike, maybe a little bit tougher to find particular clothing in stores. That's coming up next on The Game. All right, Deej, who is it? This is Shook Ones. You never heard Shook Ones before? There's no such thing as halfway crooks, dude. It's the it's the instrumental they played for the last uh, rap battle in 8 Mile. Oh. This, is, this is actually the beat for that, that last one. What do you think, Troy? I think I need to do some work in getting some updated beds working in my uh, morning show. There you go. I've got a collection I- that is in play that... I just need to get put into the rotators. You should throw this in on the morning show. Mob deep. Put it I, in there. I so I do have a few hip hop beds, but uh, 
Yeah, a little mob deep, never hurt anybody. I mean, granted, my mine would lean more towards Death Jam, but you know how that goes. <laughs> little East Coast. Yeah, well, you know. What about you, West Coast? You know, you know, it's funny you talk about old school. Right? Yeah. Brother, I can tell you about the old school. East Coast versus West Coast. <laughs> I'm going to put California Love as another one in there California for myself. Love. I think it's already it's in, in there, there yeah. Oh, that, cool. yeah. That one's in the system, yeah. Get ready for the next break. Dun, dun, dun. Did you know K-State has officially extended its deal with Nike? Not until you just said it. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's about it. Weren't people a little worried that that wasn't going to happen? Yeah, well, they were afraid worried. it was going to be Under Armour. Which, I, I, I was, too. Pers- personally, I was more fearful that they that it would be Adidas because that's the worst on the market right now. If this was 2008, I, maybe a lot of people would be thrilled for it to be <laughs> Under Armour because <laughs> Under Armour was red hot yeah. at the time. I remember because I was in high school and having red, uh, Under Armour gear was top notch. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I don't know if kids still do this, but you could get like a sleeve for your chin guard. Oh, or your yeah. chin strap for football helmets, yeah. and you could get a sleeve to like slide over the actual padding. Yeah, and so I got one, and oh. you weren't cool unless you had the Under Armour logo Ooh. facing out. So I had to get one with the Under Armour logo facing out, ah. and then I was like, "Oh, Under Armour's so cool!" Everybody wanted the logo. the The yeah. logo was was next level. And then I started getting the shoes, and I'm like, I wasn't a fan of them. Yeah, that I, that was where, it, and and I can say this from a uniform standpoint, that was where things got problematic, especially for football. That's so like so. I've been a Nike person my entire life, and recently I found Under Armour shoes, and I think I love them. Do you? I love. Them. I haven't had Under Armour shoes since I was at the. Howard Stern show. I feel bad because like I've just like stopped wearing Air Force Ones, and I man, I moved to Under Armour. I think I'm moving into my dad phase. My this is my dad, this is my dad swag phase. Okay, UNC the new New Balance. Yeah, UNC went with Under Armour officially uh, across the board in 2014. So Nike for basketball up until that point, everything else was New Balance. New Balance. So New Balance is hot, and and is it? It is the new new. Yes, but but in terms of athletic shoes, it was weak. Oh, it was weak. Um, I I was just a couple years ago, Manhattan High softball. Shout out to them. A lot of ladies on Manhattan teams and around the area rocking mm-hmm. the all white New Balance. Uh, I I know games. that there are a lot of baseball. MLB guys that are are New Balance right now. If you would have been, if you'd have worn New Balance when I was in high school, you they we would have packed your family's things and moved <laughs> yeah, you away. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. Not, I'm, my mind's still there for kind, sure. You know, for it's sure. it just it's weird. I, I'm the last person to ask about fashion or what's trendy, and especially with I'm a Nike guy as well. Especially yeah, like. with K State being. Um, a Nike school. Kellis Robinette with a great article out earlier today, and I don't want to give away his whole article, but uh, I highly suggest going to read it, but I'll share some of the details that was in that article, and that includes that this new deal will go into effect this July 1st, and that'll, go, that'll last three years. Through July 1st of 2027, there is an option to extend that through 2029. Basically, what this deal was negotiated out to be is we need something that benefits both sides. Mm-hmm. So K-State in this new deal starting in July, Nike will pay K-State a 14% royalty on net sales of any Nike products to, uh, other than footwear. That football, that footwear will get a 5% royalty 
on net sales. So K-State getting that little kickback mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so motivation for both sides really to develop new gear. And this has to do with the lavender stuff because it wasn't too long ago where K-State's rolling out the lavender stuff. All of a sudden it sold out and it took forever to get new lavender gear. Yeah. Um, I remember I get, waited forever to, for those new quarter zips to come out. And right. then the word got out, there's new quarter zips. Everybody goes to the stores and gets them and then sold out again. And it took a little while to once again get those get those quarter zips. So now there's going to be more of an effort to keep this stuff rolling out, keep it fresh, and start moving apparel. K-State wants to sell more apparel uh, obviously, there's an incentive with the 14% royalties. And I think that Nike probably feels comfortable now in that they have seen what the sales have been on things and can understand that there is a market for it. Yes. I know that football football pushes everything, right? It, it, it bankrolls everything. It, it's the big focus. But it is my opinion that when your basketball team is good and oh, when yes. they are playing at a high level, your merch moves. And it wasn't it wasn't really until Tang Tang's gang embraced the lavender and started wearing those quarter zips that people were like, you know what, that looks rad, and they started flying off the shelves. When and it was the same when Frank Martin's team started getting mm-hmm. good. All it was black. The K State embraced the black jerseys and the black T shirts, shorts, all that stuff. When your team's good. Your merch starts to fly. Baby. Well, and you've noticed, I mean, Jerome Tang and Jeff Mitty, like when they're on the sidelines and their crew wears the same stuff, the assistant coaches wear the same stuff as the head coach, that they're rolling out, you know, each game is a different quarter zip. Yeah. And they probably wear 10 different ones through the season. That's the right way to go, I think, uh-huh. business-wise, just in my opinion, because now the, the coaching staffs are no longer, most of them anyway, are no longer wearing suits uh-huh. and business attire. And this deal with Nike is, okay, now, from here on out, if you're on the sideline coaching, you are head-to-toe Nike. There is no exception unless you decide to suit up and go with a suit and and dress shoes. Right. If it's not that, you must be head-to-toe Nike, which I think is the right way to go. That should be the agreement in there. Um, Also, you know, Nike is going to be a little bit more stiff with what the the student-athletes wear, like – I believe this will have to do with like any sort of public event, press conference. If you're going to go to talk to anybody and you're getting exposure, you're wearing Nike. Yeah. If you're not wearing yeah. Nike, whatever you're wearing cannot have a logo on it. Mm. Take off the logos. It's now done. You're wearing Nike stuff. Mm. There's no if ands, or buts about that. So it feels a little bit stricter, like maybe Nike tighten the screws a little bit, but this is also going to benefit K-State. Yes. So both sides are winning, and that's a really good thing. As long as they don't screw it up as bad as they have with Major League Baseball's uniforms being made by fanatics. Yeah, I was like, well, good thing we have some good jersey news today, because that's not it at all. Ooh. Have you seen? You, you've seen it. Oh, I know yeah. you've seen it, Owen. The pants but have, are worse. Really? Yeah, the pants look... You could see the jersey tucked into the top of the MOB pants this year. Like, yeah. So the pants are like really see through. Yeah. Like I'm sure it's white pants, and really see through. They, they, you can't have custom made pants, which I thought was the right of every baseball player of all time. Is you got to wear if you like baggy, you get baggy. If you like them tight, you get them tight. The nameplates, the nameplates on the uniforms are just trash. Awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful. With they. Or- Oh, they they have screwed that up so bad right now. And the funny part is a a friend of mine just sent out 
uh, a screenshot. One of the players had sent a photo or posted a photo to their artist formerly known as Twitter account complaining about their uniform and had the photo of what it looked like. And apparently Fanatic's uh, AI got a hold of that and retweeted, please contact us for it. Oh, <laughs> because a customer service account was getting back at them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know it's bad when the guys get to spring training and they're like, these jerseys are awful. Oh. And you're like, if they don't want to wear them, why right. am I going to wear them? Right. Long season. Yeah, that, that little partnership has some work to be done. Uh-huh. Uh, one more thing I want to squeeze in about this this Nike deal is that now Nike will be paying K-State bonuses if they end up winning championships. Ooh. So if somebody were to win a national championship like K-State football, Nike's going to pay K-State $100,000. Ooh. An extra bonus. Wow. So there's some extra incentives in there for the Cats to go get some extra dubs. Yeah. Final Four, they'll get some money. Um, any other sport, like track and field, if they win a championship – they're going to get some extra cash. So it's good to know that at least for the next three years. And then, by the way, the other uh, big nugget about this is, um, so according to the, the article from Kellis Robinette, Nike shall no longer be permitted to license any of its K-State rights to other companies. So you're going to see much less apparel in stores that don't have a Nike swoosh on it. There's an exception like Charlie Hustle. K-State has that relationship with Charlie Hustle. That's going to stick around, but if it's like all these other random companies that are also selling K-State gear, it sounds like you're going to see much less of that. Huh. So, like, cheaper options for K-State apparel is sound like it's going to be a lot less of that. No more. If I understand this correctly. Big box store stuff. Potentially. Potentially. Well, that's not cool. Come on. I mean, I don't buy anything else other than... Nike, but there are people that aren't in that position. I, I understand that, and they want to rock cats. But the Nike stuff looks so much better. Other, well, who had the, uh, who was selling the, when K State won the Big Twelve championship? It wasn't a Nike shirt, but it was a Script Champs. I thought oh. that was one of the best shirts that K State has I ever had. That's or, that or, sounds awesome. Or that uh, was uh, affiliated with K State. One of the best shirts. I have a shirt and I have a sweatshirt. I mm. thought I loved it so much. <laughs> and the Big Twelve Championship logo on it, and Whoa. it was a sweet shirt. Huh. Good look, champs and script. I was like that. That's sold. <laughs> that, that's that's better than the official championship shirt. That's way yeah. better than the official championship shirt. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to take a break. We'll finish the first hour with some more Royals. Uniform news. There's going to be a logo on the uniform this year. That's next. All right, finishing out one of the game. Eric Hosmer announcing his retirement. I'll let the boys take care of that in hour number two. I wanted to squeeze this in real quick because this has been a bit of controversy today. Uh, The Royals sold out. They're selling uh, a patch... On the sleeve of the uniforms to QT, not talking Q-tips, not talking, can't think of another QT company other than uh, Quick Trip. Quick Trip will now have their logo on Royals uniforms. Not able to pull the Apple QuickTime reference for quick enough, was he? Ooh, QuickTime. Oh, yeah, Ooh. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I love QT, but I also hate them based on that one tweet they sent out. About you mean the one joke they have crushing Manhattan? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The one joke. Yeah, 
personally, I like the I like the logos on jerseys. Get some extra money in there. I this may be a stickler thing. Why not make the company that's licensing with you kind of match the color scheme? I that's, just don't like the red square. They're going to toss on the powder blue. I don't I like agree. the red either. Yeah. It, it, it was a little big. Is my thing. It's a little oversized for the for the for the shoulder. It's like what is this? Some European basketball league jersey? No, this is the MLB, son. It should be the smallest QT possible. Well, I was worried when the NBA was going to start selling rights to company logos on uniforms, and I thought this is going to look terrible. They're going to be huge. It actually isn't that bad. You hardly notice them. They kind of blend in with the jersey a little bit. This one stands out way too much. (laughs) I agree with the color thing. The red... It's it's red and white. I mean, you're talking St. Louis Cardinals colors now on the uniform. Yeah, and I think your your fear came true. This is a little too big. Like the NBA ones, I think they've done it well. This is looks it's, awful. It's literally just almost as big as listen any logo that would be on there. Twenty years ago, it would have been worse because it would have been a Walmart logo. Hey, the it's Walmart, blue. Uh, the Walmart <laughs> blue. Uh, a little yellow thrown in there. You know I'm right. Blend in a little bit more, though. Yeah, true. All right, we got hour two of the game coming up. Eric Cosmer announcing his retirement, plus kicking off at the hour. Huge game tonight for the K-State women's basketball team. But does Aokali play? We'll discuss after the timeout. Also coming up next is your local news. Stick around. It's the game on K-Man.